scat for a second. Yeah, we can yeah. bebop, we can scat. That, it, but whatever we say could end up in the episode. Cause I'm not saying anything then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hello and welcome to I Know the Owner, a podcast where bar people talk bar stuff. I'm Charlene Wellington. I'm your host and owner, and I'm here with my guest, my oldest and dearest friend, Vanessa Arnhem. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, Charlene. I don't even call you Vanessa. Hi, Van. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Thank um, you. I just want to let people know that Van is a hostile witness. It's true. She doesn't want us to know her stories, um, mm-hmm. but you know. We're gonna we're gonna stretch them out of her. So welcome. I'm, I'm gonna do this teeny tiny baby shot. Okay. Um, you don't have to shoot Cheers. it. You can just clink. Oh God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're that here at Hinterlands Bar. Hinterlands um, is open for outdoor service. Um, so we might hear some people walking around. That's cool. So um, I was. Very looking forward to this because I can't get my straw open. I have another one. We have to hold our microphones. We have a new setup, so now we're like doing this one-handed. Okay, I was very looking forward to this because for the first episode, we talked about my history um, in this world, and a lot of our history overlaps. That's true. So we're going to get some confirmation, maybe even some disagreement, because, you know... I don't remember everything, right? I don't remember as much as you do, <laughs> but maybe I just don't think about it very much. I don't tell those kinds of stories, so I feel like it's going to come back to me. Maybe you remember different things. True. Maybe I do. Um, maybe do I've suppressed the memories. <laughs> Probably. Maybe I've invented new ones. <laughs> maybe I've taken other people's memories and remember them as my own. Yeah, that, that is good. Yeah. It is? Okay, I don't cool. Know. I mean, if their memories are better than your own. <laughs> True. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you remember how you started in this business? I remember. Go on. Yeah, it does. It does. It, does. it um, feels like we should be singing. Um, I needed a job. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get a job in retail. I was 17 years old and living in your dad's apartment in Sheepshead Bay. Yes. And we knew a bunch of douchebags who hung out <laughs> down the bay. I, of you course, decided <laughs> to take one uh, home and keep them. And these people hung out at the Limelight and other clubs. Mm-hmm. And I remember it being their idea, because they knew so many people oh. who were bartenders, to go to a bartending school, which was fake. You weren't really going to learn anything. Yeah. You were going to go for four days. On the fourth day was the final. Uh huh. But it was a job placement service. Yes. So for 200 bucks, you got job placement. For See, a... you remember what it cost. I don't even remember what it cost. I remember because it seems steep. Yeah. Um, and uh, the boyfriend at the time mm. was very possessive. And so he went to the bartending I school remember. with me. <laughs> Because he was like, you're very young, and you don't know shit, yeah. and, you know, whatever. 
and was he right? Yes. The gross yeah. guy who was the instructor was hitting on me and like oh. telling me he had actual real booze somewhere if I wanted to do real shots. And I don't, we didn't go to the same class. No, we went we to didn't. the same school and we went, I think it was like a week apart, but I had a day job. So I did the weekend class, and I think you did the weekday class. Yes, it was definitely like Monday through Thursday. Yeah, and I think I did the like Saturday, Sunday, like super quick. Yeah. Um, So anyway, go on. Yeah, so it was a $200 job placement, and Mm -hmm. you were just going to learn on the job. You were going to suck at it, and I wore very small outfits and lots of makeup. Did you think you were going to suck at it, or were you like... I I'm knew gonna I was awesome. going to suck at it. I See? I hated it. I was like, I'm bad at this, and now I got to fake it. See, I didn't think I was going to suck at it. I mean, I did suck at it, but I didn't have that kind of like presence of mind to be like, I'm going to suck at this for a while. Um, I don't just from hanging out in bars and at clubs. I was mm. like, oh, like if it's idiots like me at the bar, you just got to fake it. Mm. But it made me nervous to have to fake it because I yeah. knew so little yeah. about it. Yeah. So I just got fired all the time. I would get hired all the time and fired so, immediately. So wait, so you went to the bartending school. You yes. wore the small outfit. Do you remember your first job? Um, my very first job, I don't really remember. I remember uh, like a lot of Irish bars, mm-hmm. like uh, in the financial district or... Uh, in Tribeca, parts mm-hmm. of Manhattan I wasn't familiar with. Yeah. With the kind of people, like, I would never hang out with. And I remember walking in and people checking me out and being like, okay, I have, like, power pussy energy <laughs> happening right now. I'm like, I've got my face armor on. Mm-hmm. I got my tits out. I have my yes. chilly attitude <laughs> and my, like, bored eye rolling. <laughs> and, like, I'll be fine because... Maybe they yeah. won't know I'm stupid and like, I don't fucking know <laughs> shit. And I lied about my experience. I, I think um, like those were not our quote people, but we knew those people. Like we had grown up around. I hadn't. No? I didn't. I didn't know Wall Street dudes. Oh, I guess not. Maybe, you know what I mean? Well, yeah. Like these are adults with I, real jobs who came to blow off steam at happy hours, and I didn't know shit about those kind of people. And it turned out that they were actually nicer to me hmm. than the younger crowd. They yeah, felt, that's true. I think that's they true. felt a little responsible for my well-being. Yeah. Because I was clearly like a babe in the woods. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was 18 years old when I started really bartending and I probably looked 15 or 16. Yeah. You know? I mean, like I really looked very about, young. Because I know that we thought we like passed for 21 when we were 17. Um, but I think we just like went to places where they didn't give a fuck. Yes. Because I remember you you were you were like 26, 27 and you still looked 16 and you had had years of experience and people were like get out of here little girl. True. It was I I guess that like 18-year-old boldness had worn off and you were like no 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 I know what I'm doing and they were like yeah yeah get out of here kid. And um do you do you remember yes. Lancers? Lancers, yes, that's where all the uh, UN people hung out. Yeah, it was a bunch of dudes from all over the world. See, I didn't remember where it was. It was was by the UN, and that's who all those people were. And we were like, uh, we were like a novelty act. (laughs) 
you know but what I, I mean? We there they were once, like, look at right? these two skinny white girls working at this oh, you Indian Universe Mall. <laughs> we shared clothing. We we did. That's um, right. <laughs> but. It was uh, an Indian restaurant that was beautifully appointed, you know, white uh-huh. tablecloths, mirrors on See, the wall. See, you remember so much more than me. Um, it, was, it was nice. You know, the waiters mm-hmm. wore white jackets. Oh. Um, they were going for that kind of, I don't know how to say it, kind of like a third world fancy. Okay. You know, so all the waiters were very obsequious with the people who hung out there. And they, and we were... Not that. We were Mm -hmm. like, what do you want? Look at my tits. And all the men who hung out there, they all seemed like middle-aged men from all over the world. They thought we were hilarious. We were like a taste of like trashy New York and they were into it. So we made money there because they thought we were cute and ballsy and we're just like, hey, what are you fellas drinking? (laughs) You know what I mean? And they were like, look at this shit. Okay. (laughs) And and I didn't even know what Tanqueray was. I remember that. No, we learned a lot. I think we learned a lot there. We did in that one. I think you worked there two shifts. I worked there one shift. I I worked there at least two shifts. Because I remember that we took like the tip bucket and basically like dumped it into our backpack and like went home with all the quarters. But that was because we were counting our tips in the Mm -hmm. beginning of the shift. We were? We were. Like $20, $30. We were counting it and changing it out. And the manager or the owner, whatever. Are you you sure? Yeah. He was like, stop it. What are you doing? (laughs) And I was like, we're counting out our... He was like, I don't care what you're doing. Stop (laughs) doing that. You only put money in the drawer and make change and give it to the customer. I don't want to see you messing with the money. And I was like, oh, this is how you steal. (laughs) You're like, okay, I was I like, know. for now next I time, I know this is how you fucking steal. You like make bad change. Got it. <laughs> what What was your first um, like more than a few days gig? Do you remember? Um, I don't remember. I don't remember because I think it was I lasted the most would be two or three days. Yeah. You know, two or three days, and they would be like, "You're so dumb." <laughs> I had. I just remember one older man was like, I forget what I did. Like he, he was like, I need to change the keg, or you got to change the keg. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, How do you do that? Do I have to disengage the tap? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I was I thinking. Think I... I was so dumb. I had never seen a walk-in. Yeah, I'd never seen a walk-in. I didn't. I'd never seen a keg change. I'd seen kegs at parties. Yes, I had no idea. And how there was a tap always like only worked. one guy who knew how to tap it at the party. Like right. we had to wait for that guy to show. Like we had the right. handle and we had the keg, and we were like, you <laughs> right. know, "Where's Where's Johnny? He's right. got to attach this thing." Totally. Um, totally. I think because Caravis was my first like real job. I think that they didn't have tap beer when I started. I think they got tap beer, and it was like really exciting. I don't um, remember that. And and um, I remember that bars had, like, one or two beers on tap. And then, like, when we when, when I started at Boo Radley's, where you, which you also worked at, they had, like, Bud and Bud Light. And then while I was there, they were like, we're getting bass right, imports, right. you know, and it was very fancy. Um, yeah, but, it was like that. It was like that. People had, like, bars would have, like, tops five taps they would have bud yeah bud light for example guinness, like guinness and bass and bass and harp right yeah. so you can make black and tans or mm-hmm. half and halves or however you want to call them but yeah there was 
it was not the way it is now, obviously. Um, but the time that, the first time that this old man owner, you know, like a kindly old Italian mm -hmm. man was the owner of some bar in Tribeca that had like 50 bottled beers or something. Mm -hmm. Something so overwhelming and oh, complicated. Yeah. And then he was like, you got to change the keg. And I started unscrewing the tap handle. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, <laughs> that's how much I was faking it oh, all the time. No. I was like, I don't know. And he was like, at the end of my shift, he was like, I'll take care of it. At the end of my shift, like two hours later, uh -huh. he came over. And there were always day shifts, right? That Rarely so night much. shifts. But he would like, at the, end of the, at, my, at the end of my shift, he said, listen, you're a very nice girl. You're a very pretty girl. Don't fucking come back here. <laughs> shit <laughs> I was like okay it didn't even like it didn't even like hurt my feelings because I was always in shock I uh -huh. was always like everything was so brand new and uh -huh. I didn't know if it was right or wrong the way people were treating me I had no fucking idea I was like <laughs> like the world is full of assholes and I'm just trying not to get fucking raped or kidnapped or something you know like I, on these interviews yes, especially I yes. was like what the fuck am I walking into let me make sure my friends know the address of where I'm going like see I, I don't think I even had the wherewithal to be worried about that like I remember walking into you you made me go to the Caravis interview because I had just gotten laid off from my bank job yeah and like we had to call the job line like once a week and then everybody got sent to the one job that was yeah, listed. Cattle calls. Yeah. And you were like, come on, come on, we gotta go, we gotta go. And I remember I remember what I wore because I remember that it was a green lace bodysuit mm -hmm. that I got from all right, I shoplifted it from Macy's. Yes, that's right. And, that's right. And I loved it so much. And I wore this like see-through green bodysuit to this job interview and it was like me and thirty people. And I remember and I, what I wore. What did you wear? I wore a suit jacket uh -huh. and a and blouse. No pants. Of course, pants. <laughs> oh, I was trying to look perfect. Oh. I was practicing my interview outfits because yes. I was like, am I looking too trashy? Are they not yes. going to take me seriously? And you dressed like some kind of leprechaun hooker <laughs> and got the job. And I was like, I am fucking up here. I'm fucking up. Like, I got so to read my crowd. No. Right. Like, you need to come in right. with a change of clothes and be like, okay, okay. Um, I learned. Years later, to just wear like all black because it looks like you already worked there. Right. <laughs> it's like, that's it. Just like, what do they wear? Okay. You walk in with a tray and yeah, they're like, like oh shit. Yeah. Oh, did you clock in? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just go in and start work. Like, I kind of wonder if you just went in and started working and you were like, what? I got the job. I yeah. feel like, like knowing what I know now, yeah. that, that could work. I think that so. Could work I think so. Places. You know, we're like, there's not a real manager. It's always mm -hmm. the owner. And he sleeps in. Yes. And by then, you already had a whole section. Yeah. And you're doing great. Yeah. And you sent home the bitch who was too confused to fight. <laughs> they might be like, okay, I just, like what's your name again? to me once. <laughs> because I definitely, um, I went on the interview. I got the job. I came in and trained. And they were like, your first day is, you know, Wednesday. And I showed up Wednesday at the time they told me to, and I started setting up the bar, and we had to, I remember we had to, um, the paper box of straws, we had to like take the bottom paper off all the straws and leave it in there so you can just grab it 
and put it in the drink. And I had unpapered the whole box of straws. And then another woman came in and she was like, what's going on? And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> and then as it turned out, like they hired her too, except they also didn't hire me, but they told me they did. Like there was some kind of management. Oh, confusion. it's always a mess. They're like, oh, so-and-so came back from vacation and she's just going to take her shifts back. And it's like, phone call would have been nice. Yeah, that, it was always a mess back then. It was. I mean, I was always getting hired and never getting called in. I remember that. I was all the time I getting... I think that. they just told, because so many young women would show mm-hmm. up. They would just be like, oh, yeah, sure. What's your availability? Okay, so you're going to start on Monday. And they told me and, like, a dozen other women, and it's like... I don't know. They decided like who had the biggest tits. Yeah. Uh, who who would put up with Franco's bullshit? Who you know what yeah. I mean? Like and I was constantly like, what is this business? So like I'm not you... learning anything about being an adult <laughs> working in this business. Oh, that's true. And I still at haven't. All. At Have all. You... So when they were like coming on Monday, did you go in and then somebody else was there? Or were they like, We'll call you? They would be like, We'll call you. Mm. We'll call you. We'll give you the details, you know. Call us and we'll give you the schedule. We got to talk it over with Jimmy. You know, like, whatever. Yeah. Everything was... either. I, I just, looking back, I realized that there were just so many of us. And they had so many to choose from. And that's why that bartending school stayed in business forever. I know. Forever. Because... I think it's still in business. It's probably under a different name. I wonder. Because there's still... I mean, there's no back of the village voice to check, but there's a million bartending schools with like similar names. There's like New York, American. I don't even know. I think it was American Bartenders Association. Okay. I think it's that's what it was called. It was, right? there was like, we got like, we got a little like, basically it's a laminated business card with our picture on it. And then yeah. on the back it says job line. And the deal was, and this is how they got you, you could call this job line for the rest of your life. Like, Five years down the road, ten I did. years down the road. But I used I used them for years and years did and you years. Really? Yeah. And some I remember one of the last times that I called them, they were like, Oh, like you're calling for that? Wow. <laughs> like it had just like fallen out of favor That's or so something. Funny. They're like, and have they were you like, we actually Craigslist? They were like, we actually have like three mm-hmm. places for you to go to. Wow. And I was like, holy shit, you know? And I was always going on interviews. I was always checking my mm-hmm. options. And especially if I'm I'll still do it to this day. If mm-hmm. I'm not feeling great about my job, I'm like, let me go in a couple of interviews and see oh, how that feels. Yeah. Let me see if I can get an energy. I going, want to do that. let me see, like... Can I do that? Sure. <laughs> yeah, for fun. Waste their time now, those fuckers. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll be like, you're interviewing me wrong. Let me tell you how to do it. That's the best part, is now we're interviewing them at this yeah, age. Yeah, The last interview I went on, I didn't... I, I did not mean to interview them, mm-hmm. but I was really curious about how they ran their business, and it uh-huh. was really, really cute. Because when I started asking questions, I know that made them feel better about me. Like, uh-huh. oh, this is a pro. Yeah. And she wants to know what she's in for because mm-hmm. it was actually for the Nighthawk okay. in Prospect Park. And you got that job. And I got that mm-hmm. job. And uh, I was interviewed by two managers, mm-hmm. the beverage director and a manager. And, uh, you know, it's a giant, you know, all these movie theaters, like whatever, seven movie theaters and mm-hmm. tons of servers and you're getting food and drink served in the theater at your seat during the performance. It's a lot and it's a yeah. huge space. So I was asking them how they figured it all out and they told me everything. Oh, and wow. they even showed me like what the tip pool looks like on their laptop and 
gave me a lot of information. And after hearing about it all, I was like, that's amazing, guys. Good job. <laughs> and they are both, they're both lovely people. They both were like, thank you. <laughs> like, they really appreciated that I appreciated that. And it was so different than the uh -huh. kind of interviewing we had to endure back in the day where, yeah. you know, you were just fucking replaceable. Yes. You know, you were just um, we were so one of a million. When did that change? Because, I mean, I don't know that it's that different, but I feel different. Yeah. You know? I think working in Brooklyn is a lot different than working in Manhattan, maybe. That's I my don't know. guess. I don't know. My last Manhattan job, um, that wasn't part of uh, the Brooklyn Inn uh -huh. family of bars, was at a restaurant. Uh -huh. And I took that job... Um, my friend Alfred, our friend Alfred, mm -hmm. uh, had, I think, a shift or two there. And he had worked for the owner at uh, some other place uh -huh. years before. We've spoken of Alfred before on the podcast. Um, <laughs> is, he, is he, like, a co-star at this point? <laughs> he has no idea. I don't think he's listened. He, he knows I have a podcast. But. Um, <laughs> hi, Alfred. This is about you. Uh, but he told me, I was like, I need a shift. I need a change. I need something. Mm. And he was like, try this place. I need somebody just like one day mm. a week. And who's going to take that? And I had two other jobs at the time. And I was uh -huh. like, that's me. That's the job for me. Yes. And it did feel different than working in Brooklyn. Because in Brooklyn, everybody knows everybody. Yes. And I was working with a bunch of strangers. Like, I couldn't believe... There was one woman who... Um, was friends with a bunch of Red Hook crowd okay. of people that I knew. But, you know, other than that, I, w I was working with a bunch of strangers. Yeah. And it was great. It was so I refreshing to be like, I have no history here. Yes. I can come in and work and fucking leave. I think the difference is, I think a lot of the Brooklyn bars were like a network, and we all kind of know each other, and the owners know each other. And I don't want to say we're, we don't compete, but there's a little bit of like, I don't want to say brotherhood, a sisterhood going on <laughs> between, especially like during COVID, we were like all like, what are you doing about this? What are you doing about that? Where did you get your heaters? Where did you get your right. this? And there's no, and so there's also, and even before COVID, there was like a text chain. Like if somebody came in and did something fucked up, like tried to pass a bad 20 or like didn't pay for their drinks yeah. or something like that we would call everybody and warn them and I don't remember being a part of any network like that when we worked when I worked in the city me neither um, there might have been like if you had a friend that worked in the bar down the street you might have called them and been like look we just threw somebody out they might be heading your way yeah. I think we did that but it wasn't the like so I feel like there's pressure on bar owners to be more fair, as well as... I think it's harder to get away with bullshit yeah. in yeah. Brooklyn because everybody knows everybody. Yeah. So your reputation gets cemented pretty early on and people remember the worst story about you. Yeah, yeah. That's what they remember about you. Yeah. Um, and in Manhattan, so many anonymous people from all over the fucking yeah. country are showing up to serve you brunch. And the customers don't care if the owners, like, just or not because yeah, that's true they're too. like in town for a week but i feel like not i mean not to that extent but i feel like if i was a shitty boss the neighborhood would find out and they would be like oh i don't want to go there she was really shitty to her staff yeah you know it's also i guess a different time 
Yeah, and neighbor. it depends on the neighborhood. Yep. You know, like, I've been working in the East Village for the past eight years at Tile yeah. Bar. And that place has been around a very long time. But it's the East Village. Like, people like to get fucked up. Yeah. So even though you might have a bad reputation, like... Nobody cares. Nobody fucking cares. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there some people will be very loyal and be like, yeah. I'm never going back to that place again because they fucked over my friend. Mm-hmm. But really, like, regulars are creatures of habit, and they end up forgetting. And there's only so many places to go. And even though it seems like there's a lot of places, they're for the new people. Yeah. And the new people, you're right. They don't care if the boss is a dick to his bartenders. If the boss fires your favorite bartender and you work in finance and that you went there, like, for happy hour twice a week... You'd be like, what happened to so-and-so? And then it wouldn't even matter. Yeah, and then you'd be like, oh, there's a new so-and-so. Okay. That's right. Hi. Hi, so-and-so. Who are you? <laughs> right. Yes. Um, so I forgot how wily you are. So your first real bartending job, I'm going to have to say, was Caravas because Maybe. you were there for years. You were there for like six years. I was there for a very long time, but I was not there... The whole time. Okay. So, like, I quit one day. I was mm-hmm. a no-call, no-show one Ooh. Sunday. Because I think <laughs> I think the owner threw a wet sponge at my face. <laughs> <laughs> I and I was that. like, I fucking had it. I'm just not showing up to my shift. And I geared up for it. And on <laughs> Sunday, I lied in bed waiting for them to call me and be like, bitch, where are you? And no one even called me. And wow. I was like, they don't even care. They probably had somebody in Lined the wings. Up. They're like, right. <laughs> like, that was how he got rid of you. He was like, let me, let me throw a sponge in her face. I bet she won't come yes. back. Meanwhile, about a year later, mm-hmm. he hired me back. Yes. Um... And then I got, I, I left, I started working an office job mm-hmm. a few years later, and I kept my Saturday nights, I think, there. And I'm nodding, I'm nodding. This is um, audio. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Saturday <laughs> nights were still full of regulars mm-hmm. and tourists, and it was busy, but it wasn't as great as a Friday night. But, you know, whatever. And yeah. I lived across the street. Yes. So even though I had office jobs for a few years, I always kept a weekend, one weekend shift somewhere. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've been bartending for many years, like straight through, and if not bartending, a manager at a bar or club or something, but in the business for sure. If I remember you left Caravis and then you were going to try to do the office thing full time. Yes, I did that. I did that. What happened to that? Well, I started working at a place, um, it was the first interactive advertising agency, if you can believe that. Okay. The first ad agency that would create your website. <gasps> What's a website? And the first, <laughs> right, right. This is, I think, in 1994. That's really funny because I remember not understanding what you did, and that's probably because you said the word website, and I didn't know what that was. Right, right. <laughs> so I, I learned everything there. Mm-hmm. And um, our... Our big client was AOL Keyword Australia. Wow. So we created the website for the country That's so of funny. Australia. And, you know, eventually um, got bought, absorbed mm-hmm. by a large 
it was a boutique advertising agency mm-hmm. uh, absorbed by a huge one, DMBMB. And uh, they offered us jobs, mm-hmm. real jobs, and I could not imagine that. So I ended up getting a job at another ad agency down the street on Madison Avenue uh-huh. um, that had an in-house production facility. Mm-hmm. And so I was a coordination up project coordinator there okay um so i would like book edit suites and we would have duplication jobs on vhs tapes vhs tapes that's right to explain what that is i hope not (laughs) i hope not depends who's listening Um. (laughs) google vhs tapes don't look at any vhs tapes you find in your parents house it could have parental porn on it before you yeah yes (laughs) before you Got that job, though. You came to work at Boo Radley's with me. I did? You did work at Boo Radley's. I did. That was later. That oh, was okay. When I got fired from that job. Oh. Well, I wasn't fired. I was let go. Mm-hmm. Um, That's how corporate does it. i rather a sponge in the face. I don't know. I loved it <laughs> because I got let go because my boss freaked out through a temper tantrum and uh-huh. crumpled up an invoice uh-huh. and threw it at me. Wow. <laughs> people, I, I were fucking, people were fucking horrible back then. And because oh, I was a little bitch, I wouldn't argue uh-huh. and I wouldn't cry. Uh-huh. I would just be really stoic and be like, I don't think so. I don't agree. And that drove them, these yes. older dudes, fucking insane. And they hated me. Mm-hmm. So much. Anyway, this guy had to let me go and give me, um, you know, he paid for my benefits for three more months okay. before even Cobra kicked in, uh-huh. and I had full unemployment. Oh, all right. So yeah. I got fired yeah. in the best possible Corporate. way. And so I was collecting unemployment, and mm-hmm. I was like, I still need a job. And that's when I started working at Boo Radley's got off it. the books, so <gasps> I could still collect my unemployment. There's no, there's like statute of limitation, right? Nobody can. No, I'm I just mean, kidding. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Off the, the books, FBI is listening off, the, to this off the books does happen in this world. Oh, yeah, that's true. It does happen. I mean, I like to call it my non-billionaire loophole. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. Um, so, and then that was the, a little loophole that we took to do that, and then and that I ended the up staying there a long we time together. Um, plus Lancers, the one night at Lancers. So that's, th- I'm like, we're going to figure out how many jobs we work together. Right. So. Lancers, Caravas, Boo, Boo Radley's. I think the next job we worked together was the, um, was it Manhattan Center, the Hammerstein Ballroom? I think Art Bar, then Oh, Art Bar. Yes, yes, that's right. Art Bar and then the Hammerstein mm-hmm. Ballroom. And was that it? I think that's it. Vegas. Vegas, yes. A bar called Vegas. A bar called Vegas. On Smith Not Street the, in Brooklyn. Yes. And then you worked here a little bit during COVID. I mean, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I helped out around helped the out. house yeah. during COVID yeah. here at Interlands. Exactly. I did a little picking up. I did some laundry. Yeah, we do actually do laundry here. Yeah. <laughs> that was basically, so, yeah. So that's like five? Now I'm going to... Should I count? So we had... Um, the one shift at Lancers, the uh, Caravas, Boo Radley's, the Art Bar, and Hammerstein Ballroom. Five. Yeah. Wow. And Vegas. And Vegas. Six. Six. <laughs> I keep forgetting about Vegas. And it's yeah. not there anymore. So. Yeah. You didn't um, work there for very long. 
I didn't because I was working at um, Commonwealth, which was one of my favorite bartending jobs ever. And I picked up a shift at Vegas and I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> and I basically said to the owner, um, hey, can my friend Vanessa have my shift? And he was like, yeah. And yeah. Was, was you it. were like, oh, I fucking hate it there. Those people <laughs> suck. Do you want to work I'm there? I'm still friends with some of those people. <laughs> and some of them not. Some yeah, of them that's true. are not true. around anymore. Yeah, and those people true. really did suck. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were like, do you want to work there? And I was like, I fucking really suck right now. So yes, that yeah. sounds like a great fit. <laughs> I'm not going to be letting anybody down because I'm just going to be at their level and yeah. it'll be fine. Yeah. And it was. It was fine. It's perfect. Yes. And I quit like two seconds before I got fired. So great, Done. great timing. And then you ended up getting a really nice job that you liked. That's right. I started working at Sample, a wine bar on Smith Street, which was, oh my God, so sweet compared to all the garbage places that I'd been working at. Sample always smelled so nice when you walked in. Like I just, like I was just remembering how nice it used to smell. And to walk into a bar and be like, hmm, it smells nice in here. That's right. We would start with bleach. (laughs) Yes, that's Every day we would start with bleach. And then you would smell like the spice syrup or the sangria mm-hmm. or something delicious like toast from the toaster oven. <laughs> you know, just things that make you feel really cozy and happy. And yes. It was a very feminine spot, too. There were so many feminine yeah. touches from the owner, obviously, down, Mayo, who... Mm-hmm. Uh, opened the place with a partner, with her Uh partner, uh, a dude. And so it had all of these kind of masculine touches, like a dark wood. And Uh the the paint was like, you know, um, English library, you know, like a a dark red Mm -hmm. and like a dark green or something. And but it ended up being fully just her place. And without being too precious, it was really great. It It was was. it was the kind of place that uh, on my favorite nights, it would be 10 women coming in by themselves or with their girlfriends, not being bothered it's, by a motherfucker at it's all. It's a rare like, <laughs> delight great. to have a place where women can just go by themselves. That's right. That's right. And feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. I don't know of any other places like that that I've ever worked or hung out at that felt like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was really unique. It was really special. My, I'm like, the front of Hinterlands has a little bit of a feminine thing going, and now we're, we're Oh, it's so the, pretty here. It's so <laughs> sitting, pretty. But the back room is like the rec room. It's like the game room. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. It's, That's cool. That's a yeah. nice balance. Yeah. It's like, you know, Charlene in the front, Stuart in the back. <laughs> Wait, is that how it goes? Um, sure. <laughs> Don't put it on a t-shirt. No, no. no. <laughs> Especially since that's our main business right now. Yeah. T-shirt sales. So, um, we jumped around. What what jobs did I miss? Do you have any? So I mean, so many. I worked so I worked at so many places, being a different kind of bartender. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you have any favorite, um, any favorite, like, one, like, I worked there for, like, a week or a day or a... Um, I worked at a place called, I want to say it was called The Best Bar in the World. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the best bar in the world. It was on the second floor of a nondescript building uh-huh. off Canal Street near 6th Avenue. There's like a little park okay. there. And um, it was a Korean karaoke bar. That sounds amazing. That was not. It was okay. in the 90s, and that shit was not amazing. Mm-hmm. And the people who hung out there either drank uh, something called Honey Lemon. Okay. Which was a cup of hot water with mm-hmm. honey and lemon in it. Okay. <laughs> or they ordered one bottle of Corona uh-huh. and three shot glasses, and they would play dice games and share that one bottle of Corona and two shots. Was it a front? Was it like somebody's But the rooms, room? the private rooms, would oh. order a bottle of Johnny Walker Black. Got it. And I would get $5 from that sale. No, that's not good. No, five dollars <laughs> is not no, good. That's not good. So they hired. I w- I worked there a few times, but they would hire, you know, bartending uh-huh. school hotline yes. people would Be- come in there and they would work they would the bar, and then they would hire family mm-hmm. to work the rooms. Oh, so I worked there a few times. Oh, so you would get five dollars off of the like. $50 tip that... More than that, because okay. the bottles were like $500. Oh, wow. So, yeah, a bo- for a bottle service, a bottle of Johnny Walker Black was $500. I felt like... Back then. And that sucked. They liked me, too. They were, like, begrudgingly nice mm-hmm. to me. They were like, you like to clean. You like to keep busy. <laughs> You're making small talk with people who don't want to talk to you at oh. all. Um, but, obviously, I'm there to make money. And yeah. There was no money to be made there. They're like, you're here to make money, not yeah. just for they fun. They were like, that's greedy. Don't be greedy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I heard owners tell me, stop being greedy. Because oh, I was like, but the money, sir. I am here for the fucking money. And the like, no, no, no. And they're like, you're being money. greedy. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I remember when I first when I first because I was so naive when I first started working at Caravis I was way under 21 and the deal was that when people bought me a shot I was supposed to drink it but since I was under 21 I had like a water bottle that I would pour my shots out of and I was like hey John would it be okay if I like kept the money since it was water like, thinking back to that in hindsight of, like, looking John Caravis in the eye. I love and that being you like, asked that. Is it okay if I kept the $3, because shots were $3 back then, if I, like, put the $3 on the other side of the drawer and that was for me because it was just water? Like, the gall. Like, That's right. Because oh goodness. the way to do it was to just do it and not ask him. And well, then if he caught you, you either get fired or you'd be like, oh, I didn't realize. Yes. But asking was so wholesome <laughs> and upfront. I know. Like, we were such wide-eyed I'm innocents. Like, I'm like, And he was like, what the fuck is wrong with yeah. you? You're supposed to steal from me, and then I catch you, and then I fire you. Yeah, what are you doing? doing next? What are you doing? And I'm like, would it be okay if... And then also... When I poured my own shots, I poured water, but on Friday nights, I worked with a partner, and he poured me rumplements. Oh, shit. And I would get wasted, and I guess it was fine, but, and then I would take the train home to Sheepshead Bay at right. four in the morning, wasted, like, by myself, or with you, right. or whoever. Yeah, if we met up, we would take a cab. 
Yes. Sometime, depending. Because it was only Sometimes. like $22 or something. But that was a lot to us. It was, but you split it with somebody else. It's yes. not bad. Oh, and Louise, if, if I puke we, in, the, in the cab, we don't have to pay at all. We ended up... We would just run away. No, that's not true. <laughs> you would run away and I would have to pay. All right. Fucking worked. All right. It worked. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, it worked, worked. for you. No, I have a story. <laughs> I have a story when we lived in my father's apartment in Sheepshead Bay and Vanessa came home and it was like four or five in the morning and Van came home and I don't remember if you like knocked on the door or if you came home and you were like, you have to go pay for the cab. And I was like, why? You're here. And you were like, he has my bag. And That's right. And I was like, okay. And so I went outside, I'm like in my pajamas and coat, and I go outside, and there is like a bowl of vomit sloshing around the back seat of the cab. Yeah, I would have gotten away with it, except right when he braked, it all went swoosh underneath, <laughs> his, underneath the gas pedal or whatever, and he was and like, then, what the fuck? And I'm like, I went to give him like $25, and he's like, oh no, who's going to clean this? And I'm like, here's another 20 <laughs> Thank like, you for saving yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> Most of like the early year, like before I turned 21, uh-huh. my experiences were of a not street smart person mm-hmm. who was raised with an unhealthy amount of paranoia uh-huh. from my parents. So that was my only saving grace is like the paranoia and being like, I'll, I'll toe the line, but I'm, don't want to really die. And I know that people are kind of out to get you. So I didn't trust people, but I was still a fucking idiot, man. I didn't know shit. And I learned everything the hard way. Yes. Every damn thing. I think we balanced, I think we balanced each other out because you were like, Hey, let's go do this thing. It's going to be fine. And I'm like, well, how about we carve the address of where we're going on this tree in case our parents <laughs> are looking for us or something, something like I remember that we used to leave messages for our friends on their answering machines yeah. telling them where we were, yeah. like just in case. And we would do that. True. Like We would get into the stranger's car, but we would make the stranger take us to the payphone so we could leave a message on an answering machine with like the guy's name. I don't I don't I remember getting in strange cars, but oh. mm. <laughs> I don't remember a lot of I stuff. <laughs> I would I would definitely maybe maybe it was with Allison, but I I know there wasn't just like one strange car I got into. So like you know, men would be like, hey, he, we have a fancy car. We're going to take you to this club oh, yeah, that's, that's really expensive to get into. I didn't do that. that was, I think that was you and Allison's maybe. stuff. I didn't and do I would, stuff like that. <laughs> and, I, and we would be like, sure, let me see your driver's license. And they'd be like, all right. And they'd give us their driver's license. And then we would like walk over to the payphone, put a quarter in, and we would leave a message on Allison's I'm sorry, mother's. that's 100% Marchese <laughs> yeah, method right, right you're there. Right, you're right. You're right. It is. We would put a, we would walk to the paper. Because phone, Allison would, would be like, in. I want you to know that this is what I'm yes, doing. Yes, exactly. That whatever exactly. you got planned, you're not going to get away with it. And, like, then, <laughs> and then Allison, if Allison's mother answered, that was worse because she'd be like, I want the guy's number. And then she would call the guy's house. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I, I never got to enjoy so that. long before cell phones. <laughs> but for the most part, and I guess Allison trained me because I would, 
If I, even if I was not with Allison, I would leave a message on Allison's mother's answering machine. I'd be Smart. like, I'd be like, I met this guy. Everybody his needs name a home is base. Blah blah blah. His address is this. This is his driver's license number. And I'd be like, say hi to Allison's mom. And then it's like, all right, where are we going? And they're like, no, I don't want anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess I'll drive you home. I'll drive you home. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but you're not coming in because I live with my dad and our apartment's gross. <laughs> like, no matter what. No matter what you say, you are never getting in. There is right. no, there is no amount of begging, pleading. I have but to. But they like, always have to I use have the to bathroom. Shit. Like they I always have to they use always the bathroom. Do. And they're, they're always so shocked. incontinent they're always at the end of the shock. <laughs> they're always shocked. They're like, no, I can't just go anywhere. Please. I've, I've had this conversation so many times, um, and. And like half of them were with our friend Miguel, where I'm like, are you sure you want to drive me all the way to Sheepshead Bay? Because it's like a half hour drive at, you know, 70 miles an hour in the middle of the night. And I'm like, I would love a ride home, but I want you to understand you are not coming in. I live with my father. He's home. There is no way you're coming in. Do you understand? Do you understand the guidelines? Yes. Okay, thank you for the ride home. You saved me two hours on the train or $40 on a cab. Um, and then, without fail, like, he, we did this the week before, without fail, but please, I have to use the bathroom. Remember when I told you you're not coming in? You're not coming in. No, but please, I can't believe you're doing this to me. Like, yeah. nope. You're never, ever, ever coming in. Yeah. And it's not because, like, I'm, like, such a tough broad it's because that apartment was fucked so like, it, was it was lucky it was lucky you would have been such a super hoe I, if you I didn't live someplace so gross was nice. <laughs> <laughs> now yeah. i get it yeah. okay yeah. all right <laughs> now it's making sense yeah that was your protective barrier it was you're like if there i was... keep it gross there will be no entry in the church does that rhyme? Did we I make a thing? No, don't put Keep it on it a t-shirt. Gross. Don't put it in the church. <laughs> yeah, Can put we... it on a t-shirt. <laughs> Stuart, Stuart, new t-shirt idea. <laughs> Stuart's like, how do you spell choach? <laughs> well, it depends if it's the from the Latin. <laughs> oh no. So I think when we went to bartending school I really had these big dreams I don't that we feel, were gonna by the way I don't feel bad about going to bartending school I don't feel school bad about it because I never took it seriously and no one I knew took oh, it seriously I took it, so seriously. it was job placement like I, I wasn't like I learned something and now I'm a mixologist I was like I got a job placement thing for idiots so now I get more jobs than the average idiot because I paid 200 bucks for the service I it never felt like knew that it, there was like a stigma behind it for but, people who showed up and told you. You just didn't, you can't tell people you went to bartending school. I took it seriously because it was school. <laughs> school in I it. mean, we did, we back studied. in the day you had to know all of these drinks. Yes. And if you had never even hung out in a bar and ordered, I mean, I would drink a Long Island iced tea at G&G &G or something. Yeah, yeah, When yeah. I was 16 years mm -hmm. old, I didn't know what was in it. No. I had no idea about everything. everything. So we had to write recipes down and memorize yeah. them. People drank then, shit like woo-woos and Alabama slammers. Yes. And then once we knew them, I felt like we had the key. Like, 
I felt like we had an advantage over other kids our age because we were kids because we knew the names of drinks and we could go into bars and order them by name. I mean, it did seem pretty cool. But actually, that was a telltale sign. (laughs) If we had just ordered a gin and tonic, we would have passed probably better. I really didn't have trouble. I didn't have ID all the time. Mm -hmm. I remember once going to Club USA or something Mm -hmm. Um, and I had ID that said I was 18, and I showed it to the door guy, and he was like, this says you're 18. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) And he just looked at me like, you dumb, dumb. (laughs) And I was like, hi, look at my boobs. And he was like, all right, just get inside. I got into (laughs) a club. It was so easy. It was so easy. I got into a club with a forged note from my mother because... It was one of those things where, like, some older guys came and picked us up, and we were going to drive around in their car all night, and then before you knew it, they, like, pulled into the parking lot of some club in Long Island, and they're like, all right, everybody got your ID? And I was like, no, I I don't have ID. And they're like, all right, you can wait in the car, because those are the kind of assholes that we hung out with by then. And I was like, fuck, I got to do something. And so I, like, took a piece of paper, and I wrote, Dear Bouncer, please let my daughter into your club. I promise she is 21. Sign, mommy. And I gave... That's fucked up. Yes. And I gave it to the bouncer, and he laughed so hard and let me in. I mean, I had yeah. my tits out, but yes. And that, and that got me into that club. But nobody cared back then. Like, That's that right. Was like, That's right. Like, there were no they, raids. They, there were no, like, nobody's coming around checking. It was like, you got to be 21, and we can enforce it if we want, but no one cares. Yeah, it was very lax back then. And I don't even know what the fines or violations Yeah, it was like, we don't want a bunch of vomit in our floor. We're going to enforce it. We don't care about vomit. Just come in and spend your money. Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed very easy everywhere. Yes, except for the bar where I worked. Boo Radley's was really strict because it was by NYU. Oh, yeah. and I That's think, how you survive in that neighborhood. Yeah. Otherwise... You get, get sued down. Yeah. by and those NYU students' yeah. parents. Yeah. I think that was before the whole... Well, maybe no, but... No, like, it was still so, very real. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like the litigious side yeah. of it all, you know, of being like bartender responsibility. Bartenders back then were still getting... Maybe there was like one big case or something where a bartender overserved somebody who got yeah. into a car accident. Yes. And that scared the shit out of everybody. Yeah. But I think that, like, these NYU bars would get raided. And so, and possibly yeah, the place that was I there before. I think the 6th Precinct, like, setting up those bars yeah. just to, like, yeah. fuck with them once a year or something. Yeah. I think the bar that was in that spot before got raided a bunch or whatever it was. Because I remember there were a lot of rules, like, we couldn't have a rope or a bouncer outside. Or, hmm. like, the bouncer had to be at the bottom of the stairs or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever it was. Um, what do you miss about bartending to people? <laughs> oh, like because of COVID? Because of COVID. Um, I miss hanging out with people yeah. as a bartender because I'm working now, but I'm a waitress. Yes. Because we don't have indoor dining. And even when we did for a little while, we had a 25% capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't allowed to have people sit at the bar. So people yes. had to sit away from the bar. Yes. So I'm not just like chilling with people. And it was a really easy way for me to hang out and catch up with people and 
socialize. Yeah. Because I love spending time alone. Yes. It's because my work has always been so social. The old and way. And now there's like no, yes. there isn't that balance now anymore. Now you have to make plans with people and it's like a person. Yes. But I mean, you know, the place where I work now, I work at the Brooklyn Inn, uh-huh. um, which is an awesome place with mm-hmm. uh, really great owners and manager, like people who are cool to work with. And mm-hmm. I've been working with them for a long time now. But I'm waiting tables. <sighs> I could, you know, there's two people on staff. I could yeah. choose to be the bartender inside by myself. That seems a little bit harder. Yeah. Like the work isn't hard, I but it's more boring. At least if I'm outside, even though they do run me around like yeah. I'm a young person and I am not a young person <laughs> and they are running my ass off, I still have plenty of downtime. I can just hang out by a table yeah. and chit chat and socialize. I think it's separating not the, same, the job into two jobs. Like, they're both worse. Yes, they are. The bartender they're is just the like wor- making drinks standing by themselves. Worlds. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, I guess a, service, a server, but you don't get to, you get to talk to the people, but you don't get to talk. They're not like your guest. They're, yeah. They're at a table and now you're interrupting them. You're also them. not giving them amazing, an amazing uh, product. Yeah. You know, it's not a restaurant where no. I can, yeah. like, fluff the bill. I can, you know, upsell. Also, I they're can... fucking cold. They're right. Like, I'm and cold. they're like, just be fast. Yeah. Just be fast. We they're can't like, think I just, straight. I just, I'm going to have a drink here because I, I don't want you guys to close. And yeah, my product yeah. is not, like, I'm not explaining special cocktails yeah. or special menu items yeah. or Same what the here. chef thinks. I, I'm not selling that. Yeah. I'm what? selling a fucking pint of Miller Yes. High life. I feel like what... I got to give it to bar, them and run. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. it. What your bar was selling and, and the Brooklyn Inn was really good at and what, like, most of the bars I'm affiliated with, what their product is... It's a feeling. The feeling. The mm-hmm. sitting at the bar, talking to the people. It's an experience. It's being that, in a beautiful room. Yeah. And, like, hanging out with your friends, meeting new people. Mm-hmm. And now it's just not that. <laughs> It's not, it's but not. people desperately need even this version of yes. it yeah. because it has started to get very cold in New York now. And we only have outdoor seating. Yeah. And even with the strongest heaters, because I've been uh-huh. trying to support my favorite places. There's a place called Someday Bar on Atlantic Avenue mm-hmm. that I love, that is woman-owned also. Mm-hmm. And it's by me, and I don't have a whole lot of cash to spend, mm-hmm. But that place I want to support, and they got an, um, they have like amazing heaters there that feel really good. Mm-hmm. It still doesn't matter. You're yeah. still outside. It's still the noise from the street. It yeah. still feels weird. You're still like making your server come out and deal with you when you know they'd rather be inside, mm-hmm. but they need the money. We- it all feels weird, but I'll still do it because I need it. And the people who visit us at the Brooklyn Inn, they need to get out of the house. They show up with their babies. Yeah, and and they're all bundled up. They're all yeah. the babies totally bundled up and like happy and sleeping. And I know they are desperate to get out of their apartment, yes. see their other friends, yeah. like maybe have a moment where they're not smelling their partner's farts. <laughs> you know, like it's people still need yeah. that pub yeah. promise yeah. of like a respite from your reality. Yes. You know, people are not sitting at the tables talking about politics too much either. Yeah. Like, even this crazy week. It's like the one chance. With that coup on the Capitol building. Like, Mm -hmm. there's, like, 
you would think we would all be talking about it. Yeah. I don't and think we do to... dip in a little bit, yeah. but we all basically agree. In Brooklyn, we all have the same political views and ideas. Mm-hmm. People don't even want to fucking talk about it. They're not looking at their phones. Yeah, because I feel like, like everyone's at home looking at their phones all day. That yeah, they're they like, need this is my escape. chance to see another person's face right. or part of their face. Right, and talk <laughs> about somebody part. else's life and not yes. my own. Yeah, so people still need it, and I love that. I, yeah. That's why I love the bar business. Yeah, People need it. I've always been a fan of a pub. You know, I've worked in clubs, mm-hmm. music venues, um, fancy places, shitty yeah. places, and I'm always going to love a pub feeling. Yeah, you know, and if somebody favorite. decides at a restaurant, you know, I was working at a restaurant in Manhattan, if somebody decides to make it their regular place, yeah, like they come in early and mm-hmm. always have the same drink or something, I'm in love with that person. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care how annoying they are. <laughs> really, they could be pretty annoying. And as long as they're not like a serial killer, I'm like, I'm here for that. I'm yeah. here for you. And now my shift feels better because we did a thing. Yeah. It's a pub thing. And I love it. Yeah. I feel the same about that's my favorite kind of bar. I was trying to say earlier that when we like first went to bartending school, I had this, these fantasies of being like a limelight bartender. And I remember we used to go to the limelight and we would kind of like try to count how many drinks the bartenders used to make because we had like oh, we did? gone to bar. Yeah. We had gone to bartending Charlene, school. Charlene, I took a lot of drugs when I would go to the limelight. I yeah, didn't, I, I took, took them with like, you. I, I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> I was handcuffed like to the staircase for three hours. Like, yeah. <laughs> Because your stupid boyfriend was like, I'm going to handcuff you to the staircase. Wow. Um, we had our fun, didn't <laughs> so we? Fun. I was like, you guys, I had the best time. I was handcuffed to the staircase. It's true. You were like, I met so many people. I did. I was like, you feel stupid now because I met the most people. Um, but I would also like stand there and count how many drinks that bartender was making. And I was like, oh my God, if they got a dollar a drink, they're making so much money. Um, but I... I actually think I would not have liked working in a club, also because I can't hear. So I'd have been like, "What? Right. What?" And I don't think back then. I don't think everybody did tip a dollar a drink in a club. Like it's not the same as working in a pub. I don't know. I didn't know any bartender bartenders at places either. like the Limelight or something like that. I, if anybody knows a bartender that bartended at the Limelight in the early '90s, please send them my way because I am dying to talk to a bartender from, from those I days. I did hang out with a bartender who worked at the Roxy years later. Ooh. Um, a Is little bit. Just to like, um, I don't even remember his name. But he was a straight guy working on the gay night, and he definitely made a lot of money. But, you know, they didn't wear shirts. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was a, it's a different vibe. But people could get away with not tipping them yeah. in that environment, yeah. and they still made a lot of money. Yeah. All they had to do was smile and look straight, you know? I did know a girl that lived in a club. Like, she was kind of sort of homeless, and they let her live in the club when it wasn't open, and she, like, slept on one of those, like, club couches during the day. I think I aspired to that at one point. I know. I was like, this is awesome. You have such a big house. And, like, who goes to bed before 5 in the morning anyway? (laughs) Poop in a different bathroom every day. Seriously. (laughs) So... So luxury. (laughs) So I have a segment called "This is the fucking day I had," 
Um, and oh, I yeah. encourage people to email their stories to me. It's been a little bit rough because I feel like not a lot has happened to people. But, and I usually do this anonymously, but Chris Aiken sent me an email. Chris! <laughs> um, and it's, you know, it's, it's not, you know, something he wouldn't want to be um, attached to. So we'll read his little story, and then we'll, you know, see where that takes us. I don't know. So Chris Aiken says, am I a fucking wino now? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Dear Charlene, I have been a committed beer bourbon drinker for decades, but since I only feel comfortable ordering Happy Meals, and that's what we call um, high life and a shot of whiskey. That's right. Um, Rail whiskey. Yes. I'm now a real housewife of Monmouth County. <gasps> Amazing. I, know. I always knew he could be. I know. I drink wine while cooking, during dinner, and after dinner. That's I it? I love it. That's it? I love it. I, I don't know any of the vocabulary to describe the wine, but I fear I might learn it before I'm vaccinated and able to get back to being a bar fly. <laughs> and that is his story. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that much of a... I have so many questions. Oh, yeah. Let's, so ask like, him. what kind of wine? Is he doesn't know. Is it boxed wine? Is it oh. whatever is inexpensive? It is, a, is it in jug form? Is it a jug with a handle or not a handle? I'm, I'm staring at the email as if those answers will appear, but it's an email. Oh, shit. So, wow. Yeah. Are you okay? Do you want a shot? <laughs> <laughs> You're so good at this job. Um, that's, but I guess the question is, I'm a fucking wino now, question mark? So oh, I guess it's a little bit like, am I the asshole? Like, am I the wino? <laughs> am I the wino? the answer is yes, Bumpy. You are the wino. Mm -hmm. It's okay. I mean, we're all growing up and growing <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like drinking before, during, and after dinner is really barely drinking at all, right? Like, yeah, I agree. Like that's all one meal. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think. He's aspiring to be a wino, but he hasn't quite, hasn't quite made it yet. Okay, so are we <laughs> going to define what a wino is now? I don't know what it means to Chris, but he sounds uncomfortable with it. Mm. Because and before he was I a whiskey, I find it fancy. <laughs> Chris Aiken, so you Chris fancy Aiken now? Has become fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was always fancy, though. I think he was. Yeah. Yeah. He's always been I would wild. overhear some fancy talk from him. He he can get fancy. That's right. He can get fancy. Yeah. So if it's fancy wino, yes, you are. And feel good about it. <laughs> but if you're feeling bad about it, if it is box wine, if you are cracking open the cardboard and squeezing mm -hmm. the plastic container into your mouth, um also put it in a glass. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, You're just home. make sure you put it in a glass. Put it in a glass. Or a mug. Or buy a fancy decanter and put that box wine in a decanter. I and love that no idea. And then no one will know. And then invite people over and be like, mm -hmm. this is... Be like, I'm letting the Franzia breathe. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how we do it in our home. In Monmouth. <laughs> in Monmouth. Yes. All right. So we have a verdict. It's not a verdict show, but you know. We I just wish had it a, were I mean, a verdict show. Um, I miss Judge Judy. Judge Judy is on. I don't have that kind of TV. I would have to oh find it. I only stream. I cut the cord. So, Tell Judge me what's Judy new. is a hologram now. 
Shut up. I, Are you fucking I with me? I am not fucking I with you. I will throw this shit <laughs> at you. <laughs> Judy is a hologram. She has her hair in a ponytail, but that was last year's scandal. You're not allowed to ask questions about the ponytail. It's faster, and she's an old lady, and it's her business. So she wears her hair in a ponytail. Does she have bangs? And she, no, all the way back like, like RBG. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. And she is a hologram. Um, the audience is in the courtroom, and Bird is in the courtroom, and they try the cases, and it really looks like she's in the room. Like, whoever is producing it is a genius. Now, the people's court, on the other hand, is three TV sets talking to each other. That's stupid. And But Douglas is still there. <gasps> yeah, I know. It's kind of fucked up. Wow. Like, what kind if, of money is Douglas making now? I hope I, He's real the money. only one that comes in, and then there's like three TVs talking to each Who's other. Who's that judge? Judge Marilyn Millian. Oh, shit. Yeah, That's right. she has right. the bangs. That's right. Yes. I like her. Yes. I like her, She's too. good. Yeah. Um, judge and, Judy forever, though. Yes. I mean... Duh. Oh my god. I actually All right. This might be this, Uh-oh. this I might have to edit this out. I was watching Judge Judy the other day because I watch Judge Judy every day. <laughs> and there was a I love moment how this is like a deep dark secret. <laughs> this, is, this is my you guys, this is my deepest darkest secret. I watch Judge Judy every day. Yawn. And on every episode I talk about be? Judge Judy. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> But but everybody knows cuz I'm always talking about it. Um I took a not a screenshot. I took a picture of my TV screen because it looked to me like Judge Judy was doing her best Bianca Del Rio Judge Judy face. And it was, I know, we're in a loop now. Holy shit, man. We got deep. This is, Chris did this. We got deep now. Wow. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Chris. You took us here. <laughs> <laughs> Write us every week as if I'm going to be here every week. I'm like, don't we do this every week now, I Charlene? Mean, if Just you want. <laughs> um, so, where are we? Oh, good. We did good. Um, where are we? We're like kind of done. Unless oh, you have cool. a story about your week you want to tell. You have a story about your week? Uh, no, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, I feel like oh I don't want to talk about what this week. Oh my God, what a garbage <laughs> fucking week. Yeah, let's week. not talk about this week. That was week. upsetting. I feel yeah. a little bit better now because I was shocked and angry for too long and I felt physically ill. I yeah. feel a little bit better now. Yeah, like I, Like, like I'm little. understanding what's yeah. going to happen next. Yeah. Um, um, we were surprised by some people's very serious reactions to some very serious shit Ooh. for once. Yeah. For once. So it's okay. Yeah. We were supposed to meet on Wednesday and Ugh. I, <laughs> and I know cause, cause we, you know, we were supposed to meet Tuesday and then that got pushed and then I was like, okay, but we cannot reschedule. And then that happened. And I know you were like, um, I don't want to tell you I want to reschedule. And I'm like, and I'm sitting there for hours and I'm like, I don't think I can laugh and joke around today. Oh, no, yeah. So, so I, was, we so I, it. yeah, because I, I at least feel like laughing today. Yes. So that's good. Yeah. So we did that. Um, so, and I usually ask before we start in case you have to look something up, but is the bar you're working at doing any GoFundMe's, or do you have a GoFundMe? You know that you what? We do have a GoFundMe for the Brooklyn Inn. Um, I don't know right now if I could find it. 
Um, well, in the meantime, in the meantime, um, um, if you probably I could share it on my social. You can share it on yours. Yeah, um, that would be cool. Yeah, or um, you can go to the Brooklyn Inn Facebook page or the Brooklyn Inn social that's media. Right. That's right. But the Brooklyn wanna... Inn is, I'll, you know, they tried really hard to bring people back and. Mm-hmm open up even though they had a lot of fears and they were really really worried so yeah. I, I would like to share with people that the owners of these bars and restaurants feel a mm-hmm. great responsibility to not just their customers and their guests but mm-hmm. to their staff so reopening is scary it sucks there's so many yeah. changing rules um, that it's a big risk that if you fuck yeah. up and you don't follow the new rule and the drunk people that you're serving don't follow the rules the way you need them to, you could get hit with a fine yes. that will knock you out of the game. Yes. And so getting drunk people to follow rules is, is very not stressful. Everybody's easy. getting better now because yeah, they're used they're to used it because it. it's been months, mm-hmm. but it's been really hard. It was so I just want to shout first. out all the people, including the Brooklyn Inn people, you know, thank you for trying. Because I know that it's scary. I know from business owners just in that neighborhood in Borham Hill where a lot of people love their bars and restaurants and want to support, that's still not enough. It's not just getting money. It is about keeping people safe. And it's a scary thing to take on when all you wanted to do was make people happy. You know, fill their bellies and give them cocktails. And now you got to keep them and their loved ones and your loved ones alive. Like, it's it's really hard. So, yeah. Thanks for everybody That's trying. That's a good point. Yeah. Appreciate it. And thanks for everybody supporting and coming out and yeah. drinking in the chilly weather. Yes. Yes. Thank you for coming out and drinking in the chilly weather. Um, oh, I'm slurring. That means I did good. Yeah. Um, if you want to support Hinterlands, you can send us a tip via Venmo at Hinterlands Bar. Um, if you want to support Minis, you can um, send a tip to their, their Venmo at Minis Bar BK. Or you can buy a t-shirt or a sweatshirt. Just email us at hinterlandsbarmerch at gmail. And um, this has been I Know the Owner. Thank you. Thanks, Van. Thank you. Good night. Bye, y'all. All right. How do we shut this thing off? And... We did. I know the owner. I know the owner. I know the owner.